Hi, everyone. This is Katie. So this week, we have a special interview with a, a guest. This is Professor Zhao Li from the Harvard Statistics Department. Uh, Zhao Li, thank you for joining us. Been on here once before. So if you haven't heard that episode, you should go check it out. It's all about the Harvard Data Science Review, which is a new journal that he started that I'm participating in along with a number of other uh, wonderful folks. But this episode, we wanted to talk about data science education in particular, um, because from your spot sitting on the um, on the faculty at Harvard, I know that you see a lot of needs and, and uh, are thinking very carefully about this. And I know that it's probably also of a lot of interest to a lot of folks in our audience who are trying to think about what should education for data scientists look like, um, whether they are personally on the right track or not for having the right education to succeed in data science. So I think that there's a lot to talk about there. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You are listening to Linear Digressions. To start out a little bit, just a, a bit of background for folks who maybe didn't hear your previous episode, although you should, we'll put a, a, a link to that on lineardigressions.com for folks who want to go dig into that a little bit more. So you are a professor of statistics, yes, um, but very in, very involved in what's called the Harvard Data Science Initiative, right. um, which sounds like not maybe a full-fledged department, but instead kind of this you know, cross-functional team of a number of professors across many different disciplines around Harvard who are interested in data science and recognize it as this thing that is growing up that needs to be addressed in some way educationally. So do you want to talk a little bit about sort of that group that you're part of, the HDSI? Sure. And uh, the Harvard Data Science Initiative is really a university-wise initiative, you know, uh, put together by uh, by our provost, uh, Alan Garber. And I particularly thank him for writing actually an editorial on education for the first issue of the Harvard Data Science Review. And so I think that probably would be a very good place for me to start talking about the data science education because I'm in full agreement with him in terms of how do we think about data science education. And he basically said there are three groups of students we should think about. And one group of students probably is more like you and me. They say, we uh, want to be a data scientist, or we were statisticians or whatever, but now everybody's data scientists, right? Yeah. So these are the ones that we are the full-fledged sort of, you know, trying to be experts, or we just get PhDs, you know, do all those things. But, so our primary interest is in data science itself. Right? The second group are a lot of students that they themselves, they understand the power of the data science, and they want to use that to advance their own field, It'd be a physicist, a biologist, you know, digital humanity, you know, all these sort of fields. So they themselves, that their interest is not necessarily developing data science, uh, you know, methodologies or theories, but they want to utilize whatever we develop to really advance their own, their own field. That's a second group. That's probably the largest, well, I shouldn't say largest group, but that's the, for university, that probably is a pretty, pretty large group. Uh, the third group, what Alan identified is essentially everyone else that they want to have some basic knowledge of data science. Um, being a citizen in this digital age, you have to know something about what all these data science the fuzz is about, right? So the yeah. basic idea of uh, understanding, you know, when you read the newspapers, you know, don't be fooled by all kinds of claims made in the name of AI, for example, but you have to understand what, what the real thing is. Right? So basically these are the three groups and the kind of education program you provide to these three groups are very different. Yes. Right? And in fact, what's interesting is that, you know, I am currently uh, involved in creating a new data science uh, undergraduate 
course at Harvard. I'm a, a, a team. We have a team about I think a, what is two computer scientists, two statisticians. Actually, three statisticians, two computer scientists, and possibly we'll be having more people involved. And、uh, we have been debating among ourselves, like, do we want to create this as the in first introductory course to data science, or we want to create this as a general education course in data science? There is actually a real important difference when you when you create as a general education, which is really serving the third group. You have to design in such a way that. What you have in mind is that this might be the only course they would ever take. Yeah, it's very different,、uh, related, but it, but it's quite different than say, okay, now we know those people will go on like the first or second、uh, group, and so we we struggle quite a bit because you know、um, we sort of want to do both because we're,、yeah. we're thinking everybody should do that, but but you know so th- these things are not easy. Well, let me ask you another、yeah. question that I suspect is it's a, a simple question, but one that has a complexity, at least for me, underneath the surface. So, for you, what falls within the scope of data science? When someone walks out having taken that course, what abilities do you need them to have for you to consider yourself successful as an educator? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a. People always say it's a million-dollar question. I, I'm going to say that's a billion-dollar question, <laughs> and、uh, because we actually,、uh, you know, what we have been discussing among this team of、uh, faculty and other postdocs is what we call, you know, what are the learn- learning objectives? Yeah.、Right? And so we do the backward design. We sort of let's settle down what the learning objective, then think about what needs to be, you know, what needs to be covered. But I want to、uh, answer your sort of big question, like what what are the things should be in data science, right? That just turned out to be an incredibly hard question because by now the term data science really evolved into what we call like an umbrella term. It's a, it's a very broad umbrella term. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a very broad term. It's very much like a science. You know, people understand、uh-huh. there is science. You say, well, you know, somebody is a scientist, right? That you know roughly what they do, but you know, scientists has can be physicists, chemists. You know, biologists. So it's very much like that. So it's very hard to think about, like, if we want to design a course set、uh, introduction to science, like, yeah, what do you what do you put in, in that? Yeah. Right, right. So I will I would say that you know, for me, like, I want to put in the first thing I want to put in. This is my bias. I want the first thing I want to put in is to have whoever they are, whether it's for general education or for、uh, for these kind of introductory courses, to be a Uh, you know, data scientist is to talk about the data quality. Yeah. The first thing I want to talk about is to understand that. Forget all these methodologies you're going to develop later. To think about, like, you know, how you collect the data, how you measure data, and uh, uh, you know, how do you process data, will have serious impact on what you do l- l- later. Absolutely. And you can actually teach that, talk about that without getting into any. Neither computer science nor statistics. Because people, you know, people understand, right? There's this whole concept of garbage in, garbage out. Most people understand. The only thing gets these days it gets complicated. And put certain you know, media obviously you know, help to create this misperception. Say, oh, when we have tons of data, it does not really matter. But in fact, the worst part is when you have tons of data, you actually confirms all the kind of bias there, right? Yeah. So, so that will be, you know, we can talk about that.、Um, so you can go pretty far. Right to get people into the door of thinking about data science from data first.、Right? Yes, data science is about data first. Yeah.、Right? So that I would definitely as a starting point for me. But 
Now, once people get excited, then they say, okay, now you have to think about like, okay, you understand this quality important, but how could you go about to collect them, right? Yeah. How do you go about it to, to pre-process them? And then once you start thinking that way, then the computer science definitely comes in because, you know, you can't just talk about without doing things, right? And, you know, how to process them is very important and how to analyze them statistics that come in. And then along the way, you know, by talking about the biasness of the data or the quality issues, you you already bring the whole you know ethics you know coming right so the philosopher you know moral thinkings you know all those things you know comes in you know very naturally um, the so that that's where I would start and I would definitely do some basic you know computer science but I think that if if this course is aimed at uh, the general education level and the analogy I use for described is is uh, things I love wine, so I'm always using this one. So it's you know, think about all these wine connoisseurs, right? Uh -huh. They can appreciate the wine, right? Many of them actually don't really have too much idea how to make wine, but they can, you know, develop the sophistication to appreciate wine. And that's what I would do at that level. I mean, I guess people understand this is not, I mean, data science itself has the deep end, there's all these methodologies, right? But uh, we're going to, you know, you may or may not be the ones to actually do it, but you should develop enough appreciation when somebody tells you, oh, I did the regression for causal inference. You know that sounds wrong, right? You need to be able to pick up those things, right? So, so that's, the, that's the level uh, for the general education. For the, for the one really want to introduce them to the next level, then we want the part of learning objective they will be able to actually do something instead of just appreciating, then we'll be de developing that kind of projects which you can actually do some analysis, interpret the results, and show why the results properly is wrong, you know, the kind of develop those things. Yeah, and one thing that you that you didn't say explicitly in there, but that I would like to point out is you know, most of the people who are listening to this, including myself, right, are, are listening to this and, and maybe nodding along, but are saying like, I, because the world is the way it is. Like, I'm never going to be able to go take a data science course at Harvard. But a lot of the things that I heard from you in there are things that are universal to everyone who is working in data science or in a data adjacent field. So there's Absolutely. a there's a lot of folks who are trying to get started and, and might be working on projects on their own or are taking online courses or some of these other um, you know, ways that you can kind of do this stuff in, in a more casual way or nights or weekends or subject to resource constraints or what have you. But all of those things will give you exposure to things like thinking very carefully about data quality or yeah. thinking about coming up against the the methodological limitations once you've got exactly. the data in hand. So right. it's, it's not um, inaccessible, I think, by any means, even though maybe not everybody's going to be able to come take a Harvard course on it. You're absolutely correct. In fact, that the way I... You know, I came to think of this way is not just because uh, I teach here, because I was the president of uh, Institute of Mathematical Statistics. You know, I travel a lot, talk to many other, you know, uh, universities. I actually, as the IMS president, I put together a task force to think about what are the PhD programs in statistics should be, mm -hmm. probably should be in this data science era. Right? So we've been thinking, you know, more, more so broadly. Right? And, uh, um, but the, I want to sort of reiterate a point you made, which is absolutely crucial. Um, you know, I'm writing my second editorial, which has come out of this new issue, and, uh, and I made a statement, you know, uh, uh, you may or may not agree. I think that this is probably, data science is probably the most versatile platform the world has ever seen 
to engage learners of all ages, all background of all interests. It's just because data science itself, you have so many entry points, right? You could be a completely uh, qualitative person. What's well, great, you can help to think a lot about the data quality. Lots of data quality issues is not about a quantity. It's just about, you know, thinking through, right, you know, who are collecting data, in what context of collecting data, why that could potentially there's a bias, you know, because everybody has their own incentive doing, doing certain things, right? So um, this is ref well reflected on my editorial board. You know, I invite anyone to look at the editorial board. I literally have philosophers to quantum you know, physicists on the board, right? It's just because there are so many entry points, whether you are a uh, uh, you know, person interested in, in humanities, a lot of philosophy issues, uh, whether you're a person in social science, a lot of issues about how uh, people, uh, you know, reuse other people's data, you know, a lot of these issues are really think about from a social science pers perspective. Then, of course, there's the entire STEM field, uh, you know, which is relevant. So I think what makes data science so hot, you know, in, in a way, is because everybody can relate to it almost. I really cannot think about a field where I say, oh, no, data science has nothing to do with that. I was going to yeah. ask, but then I felt like that yeah. was a little bit of a provocative question. But no, yeah. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I, really, I really thought about it. I mean, I really thought about like, because, you know, it's, it, you know, it's very simple. Because in, at the end of the you know, historians, right, it, they use so much data, right? Because yeah. it's a, and also because the, I think the term of data, uh, data is essentially a, a way to record information. Yes. Right? And so it's not necessarily numerical. There's, you know, all the audio, the video images, you know, text right and 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 it's really very hard I, mean, I really think sort of very hard about uh, like even like you think about a field that has absolutely nothing to do with with you, you know with data science i don't know if that exists but even that exists i can make a very easy uh, related because you know there are people involved right when the people involved you want to say how do you measure the, the research pro uh, progress you know there are hr involved like people's performance yeah then you know the data just come in there's just no way you can avoid it and uh but uh, that's great because i think people understand this is now data science is uh is as broad as you know the writing skills the people learn language these are the only other two big sort of an area i can think about it which is sort of permeates every field like right? everybody writes everybody learns some languages and so that's the way i've been thinking about it. Yeah. let's go back to what i think was the first group in your taxonomy so those are folks who are working in let's say data science broadly interpreted right now so including folks like you and me probably a lot of our listeners one of the challenges that i think we encounter is that this field is moving so quickly yeah. that it's you could spend all of your time just trying to keep up and there's there's a little bit of a sense like the the way that some friends and I talk about it is uh the acronym FOMO fear of missing out that there's always yeah. this this uh nervousness or this anxiety that the next hot thing is going to be the boat that you miss yeah. Yeah. um so with all of that pressure and fire hose aspect in mind, how do you think about how you try to keep yourself sort of current and up to date if, if you feel that like fear of missing out yourself and translating that a little bit into um, advice or thoughts for the folks who are listening who, who would put themselves in that first bucket as people who are, you know, wanting to continue their education sure. or formally or informally? Sure. No, that's, a, that's an absolutely terrific question. I think that the best way 
I convinced myself that just don't worry about it. It's the falling away. It's just, you know, it's very related to what I just said before. Think about the term of data science as science, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't think anybody at this stage will, you know, at this age will say, okay, you know, I feel I left out because I, there's some aspect of science I don't know. It just, <laughs> right, yeah. There's no way you can, right? Yeah. And, you know, I used to have people come to me and say, uh, Professor Mun, I want to study st- statistics. It's not even talk about data science. You know, can you recommend me one book? I'm going to study statistics, right? You know, I always have a mixed feeling when people say that because I know it's great they want to learn, but on the other hand, I think they have a complete misunderstanding. You know, data uh, statistic, even not even data science. It's not like one regression methodology. There's a one book to to learn about it. And so I think of what we should do as each individual is, is just think of data science as an incredibly broad field. Um, actually, I've used the term ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, another good way of thinking about that is think about that you want to be a medical doctor, yep. right? And there will be so many things going on in, in medicine. You will have to specialize in something. You have to find out whether you want to be uh, you know, pediatricians or you know, neurosurgeons. You have to specialize. You cannot say, oh, wow, you know, there are so many diseases out there. I want to know all of them. It just becomes impossible, right? So I would say that you know, assess your own strengths. Are you a person really like you know programming? You know, really like to get to the best way, scale up you know your program? You know, do that, right? Or you say, my interest is really just thinking about statistical inference, right? You you focus on that, and or you say, well, am I interested to really think about these algorithm bias? You know, algorithm, you know, uh, uh, this algorithm bias, right? Mm-hmm. Pick up some entry point and uh, work on it. And if you didn't like it, don't like it. The great thing about data science is easily you can move to something else, right? And that's essentially how I work. When I started dealing with uh, missing data, which is everybody had those things. Yeah. Like over the time, I, you know, evolved, and now I'm, uh, you know, got into the data quality issue, and uh, but I have never really worried about two things. One is to worry about okay, what's the next big thing. You can't worry about that because you, ju- you, ju- you just work on it. You know, who knows, you know, because uh, maybe what you're working on is the next big thing. Oh, it's not. That's okay. entirely fine because what's most important is you find what you you find what you're working on is very interesting to you. Second is whatever you're doing, you find that you're making a useful contribution. The, the best part of data science is you can make many, many useful contributions that in very different ways. And again, the, you know, if you look at the, the, the members of the editorial part of Harvard Data Science Review, that if you look at each individual, they say, well, what's the connection between them? But if you put them all together, you will see, yes, they all belong to data science, right? but they contribute in very different ways. I don't think any single one of them will think, oh, gosh, there's other, you know, 80 members, like, what do they do? Like, I missed out all those things. It's just not possible. Well, but I also think that that's, I mean, in the last episode, we talked about the Harvard Data Science Review in a lot more detail, but I'm I'm sitting here in, in Boston right now. Yesterday, there was a whole day of, of conference talks that I went to from many different fields, none of which were my, like, personal area of expertise. Right. And, and I think that, that that was kind of the in-person version of what the HDSR is kind of doing on paper uh, there's a bunch of other conferences yeah. that are that are really great for this too this is this is something i think a lot of people recognize that that ability to sample a little bit from a number of other fields in yeah. a way that's accessible to you as a an interested intelligent non-expert um mm-hmm. and and being able to just generally stay interested and that casting a wide net is at least for me, one of the ways that I try to stay current, like just 
being able to every now and then read up about something because it's just because it sounds interesting, not because I know that I'm ever going to use it someday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think probably uh, the best way I've been thinking about both for education as well for individuals is again, think about medical schools. Medical school doing the training for both the generalists as as well as for the specialists. And I think for most of us, uh, we can all become a generalist in the following sense, that we know enough of something to appreciate it, but we may or may not be the one say, like the, like the generalist, they say, oh, you know, you probably need to see a lung specialist or we need to see a you know, heart specialist, where they identify, to get enough the, the, the sense what's going on, but they're not necessarily the ones who will be able to actually cure you. Yeah. So I think that's the way I'm thinking about it for individuals that, uh, and, you know, this is a part of the reason the Harvard Data Science Review is created because, uh, as I think I probably mentioned it to you, uh, 75% of the article we aim with, without any Greek letters in it. So that's basically everybody can sort of at least get the sense, right? You, you will be reading, oh, what are the you know, things are being, uh, being talked about? What are the important you know, issues? And so sort of get yourself sort of up to date. But I, I just want to emphasize that that's very different then trying to say, oh, I have to be expert in, like, all these fields are so hard. Because that's just not possible. And I do understand. I mean, you know, sometimes I do that too, particularly for the young uh, generation when you're starting to the, the field. That you Everyone wants to work on that, you know, really important problem and easy to get it done. And, you know, it's hard. You know, I always tell my students, like, you know, that usually don't happen, right? Because it's really important. It's easy done. It's done. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like you have to, like, the low hanging fruit, you know, there's it's not all been picks, yeah. You just keep doing it. And, but the great thing is that at this moment, I do still want to emphasize, having said so, I want to say that if you take a broad view of data science, there are lots of low hanging fruits there. Incredibly, in, my, in fact, you know, tomorrow we have the uh, uh, inaugural symposium, right? We're going to see, you will see two sessions on the uh, U.S. Census Bureau in the next year. They're going to produce all the data with so-called differential privacy protection. Right. right? With basically, in a layman's term, layperson term, is putting noise there. <laughs> and that opens up so many doors in terms of how to analyze these data properly. And you will see some of the uh, talks tomorrow that basically take a very basic idea from statistics, like a measurement error. You can treat this like a measurement, except this is like a measurement error if you're doing regression. It has measurement error in the X, it has measurement in the Y, because, you know, they put the data. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, So, you know, right there, you just going to take a, the literature measurement error. Uh, you can go pretty far. And for most people, most, for example, people are not in statistics. They're probably, you know, social scientists, others. They probably may or may not be familiar with how to do these uh, regression models with measurement errors on both sides. Yeah. And so that's right there. You have like ten papers to write, <laughs> and so I, I'm mentioning this just to say. And this is just one of many things happening at this moment. So um, I wouldn't. Again, I want my advice to all the people out there, all the people who wants to be uh, make a great contribution of to uh, or, you know to data science. Um, don't worry about missing out on lots of things, but pick up on one thing. That work on it, and uh, there are really lots of low-hanging fruit. I the only thing I complain about these days, you know, even we don't sleep, there's still not enough time. So the last question uh, that I wanted to ask, maybe a, maybe a slightly provocative one, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. 
there are a lot of great things that you can learn in a formal context in something like a, if I were to take one of your classes, there are many things I would learn from that. I've also realized having worked in industry for four years at this point, there's a bunch of stuff that I didn't learn in, uh, if I had a nickel for every time I said something like I didn't learn this in physics yeah. school, <laughs> um, I would have many dollars right now. So I would love to hear your thoughts as you have students who graduate out of the program, who come back and talk to you as you're, fo- as you're talking to, to folks in industry. I mean, obviously you have more of an academic focus, um, but for folks who are thinking about like, what would I, what would I learn? And the question that I want to ask is what, what would I not learn by going back for a, like a more formal training? You know, what are some of the things that you find people learning in other ways outside of the classroom that you as an academic find find just interesting because it's it's different from what you see every day. Oh, sure. Actually, that's actually ties so well with uh, one point I am, I'm emphasizing in this new editorial I'm writing because I basically said that for the education, I realized there are really three components that uh, we in academia, we, only, we tend to emphasize in the second, which is the analytical. And you know, that's the sort of analytical skills, but I would also emphasize you have to have a philosophical skills. It's talking about all these uh, you know, data ethics, all the issues. But the, the one you're mentioning is really about a, you know that kind of practical considerations. And I think the part anybody who has worked in the real industry or real government settings, you will know the data is always way dirtier than you as learn ever, yeah. in, in, in a university setting. And the hardest part is you always have to uh, make a judgment call. There is rarely will be a, an answer that is just come out of a software or, or analysis procedure. In the end, there are lots of judgment call needs to be made. There are a lot of compromise need to be made. There's nothing is sort of, so, well, here is a perfect one. Everyone would agree. Again, back to the um, what I just said about U.S. Census Bureau's next year census with all the uh, defense privacy protection put in, it's a fundamental trade-off between data utility and data privacy. Yeah, There's no way to get around that. I mean, you know, the more noise you put in, the more privacy you protect, the the less useful the data is and, yeah. and vice versa. Where the goal here, just to, yeah. just to interrupt real quickly, is that um, if I understand correctly, this is one of the, this is the first census, I think, where they are going to make more like individual level type, or I don't know if it's literally individual level, but make a a finer granularity of data available to a broader range of researchers and um, statisticians and folks like that so that they can study that data on a more finely grained basis. But at the same time, as you say, if you were to open up the raw data set to external researchers, then they can reconstruct who individual people are, which is a privacy violation. So so differential privacy is trying to add some noise into the data to protect the privacy, but as you say, at the yeah. cost somewhat of the statistical power of what you can do with it. Right. Uh, you, um, you're absolutely correct. And uh, this is the first time they're doing on a massive scale. I mean, there's always uh, privacy protections in census as required by law, but this is the, the two things are different. The first is this, this is time they would do it for all the data released, other than the national total and the state totals will be, will be, you know, uh, will not be having that 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 kind of protection. That the second is this time that the methodology they use will be complete transparent, so they will tell you what exactly they did. But because they're doing added noise, then you know the mechanism, but you don't know which noise they have added. But that actually turned out to be statistically allow us to sort of re-engineer to get the right answer. Yeah. 
So last question that I wanted to ask, uh, again, maybe, maybe an unfair one, but I think it's fun. Where do you foresee data science education? If you were to take a sort of the random path through the next five years or so, what do you think it will look like in five years? What do you hope that it looks like in five years? Sure. It's another terrific question. What I'm hoping is that in five years that we will re- we will have these data science programs that, you know, when we look at it, we say, you know, that's a real data science program. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, at this moment, again, I write in my editorial that I said, you know, compared to the data science research, the research on data science education itself is still at like the dinosaur age, yeah. right? And I, and I sort of semi-joking in my editorial, I said, you know, give me any master program, you know, colloquium, I can tell you which species of dinosaur put their weights on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? what, what we do is like, you know, if, if a statistician create the, the data science one, you will like see it's, a, it's the most statistical, so we're yeah. adding some computer science. If a computer science would do it the other way, these are all necessary at the, this stage, but they're not a well-sought, coherent program. And what I'm hoping is in five years' time that uh, and Harvard Data Science Review will publish those kind of articles that we will have uh, sort of well sort of about uh, sort of like what these programs should be, how to come up with a balance. It's not going to be one size fits all. You know, we have three groups, but that's only one way to uh, uh, sort of uh, you know separate these different audience. There's a there are tons of other dimensions that uh, so it's a it's an incredibly um, diverse uh, area, but. But I think what we want to do is just like now, like if you walk into statistics department, you say, oh, that's a, that's a statistics. I want to do something recognizable just as a data science, not seeing deep look deeper. Like, oh, that's actually statistics. That's actually something else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think yeah. I do. So it's, yeah. it's like uh, in the same way that in third grade, we learn about the scientific method, this idea of like hypothesizing and evidence collecting and, and all these kinds of things that right. there's a, a data science method that will start to gel out of the the many different sort of methodologies what are the common the common threads and really kind of drilling down on that and and distilling it fascinating good luck (laughs) well we all build it together yeah yes absolutely that's that's the keywords and uh we this education program requires really thousand thousand people too Really, literally, think about it. Well, hopefully we got a few of them with this yeah. with this episode. Yeah, we will. Um, thank you again so much for taking the time to, to talk about this. Um, fascinating. Uh, just as an aside, we mentioned a couple times with the Harvard Data Science Review is an aspect of all of this that is explicitly open source and available to all. So um, if you are consider yourself interested in data science, and I imagine that you do, uh, check out the Harvard Data Science Review. It's second our uh, issue will most likely be out by the time that this gets released. Shaili uh, Mong, uh, professor of statistics and founding editor-in-chief of HDSR, thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about data science and data science education. Thank you. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.